as we were doing a show in Raven Park last year, and uh, these these young guys, I don't know, maybe they were 12 years old, rode up on their bikes, not knowing what was going on, and uh, kind of checked it out for a couple minutes, and then and then there was four of them. Um, they kind of checked out for a couple of minutes, and then three of them went uh, went to the to the jungle gym to go to go play and fool around, and and the, the fourth one sat and, and watched for a little while. And I think after about 15 minutes of watching the show, he, he biked after his friends and yelled, guys, come back. It's The play is actually really good. It's good, you guys. Hi, I'm Lizette, and welcome to Festivals 101. Every episode, I take a look at a different local festival and explore what lies below the surface of all the fun. What their goal is, the creative ways they use to accomplish that goal, and how they're making a difference in the lives of their patrons. This time, I'm looking into Shakespeare in the Park, the annual touring festival put on by the Company of Fools Theatre Group. Every year, they take a different Shakespeare play, adapt it for a modern audience, and take the show on the road, performing pay-what-you-can shows in parks around the city. Live theatre and Shakespeare are two things we often associate in society with the upper class and financial status. Going to see a Shakespeare play performed live is usually a very special event, something you've paid a lot of money for, something to dress up for. Shakespeare in the Park has taken this idea and turned it on its head. They're making Shakespeare fun and professional live theater an informal and family-friendly event. Nicholas Leno is the artistic director for the Company of Fools and has been working with them since 2017. So I personally have been working for the company since uh, 2017. I am actually a uh, an Ottawa U alumni. I did my uh, my MFA in uh, in theater directing at Ottawa U. Uh, finished that up in 2017, and then um, as part of my uh, my final internship uh, in that graduate program, um, I got to spend the summer working with a, a theater company of my choice, and uh, and I chose the Fools. So I assistant directed a Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, with Mary Ellis in 2017, and uh, after that internship, the company decided to keep me on, um, and uh, the company's board of directors appointed me the uh, the interim artistic director for all of 2019, and then uh, and then just made me permanent in 2020. So I've been working with the company. This uh, this would have actually been my fourth season coming up. Um, obviously, our season's canceled this summer because of COVID. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a company that uh, that is very near and dear to my heart, and uh, and uh, has a mandate that I I um, very much believe in, um, in making theater accessible to people from all walks of life. I knew about it, I knew it existed, but I didn't actually um, watch any Shakespeare in the Park until I uh, until I moved to Ottawa. Uh, or until I, I watched the show in 2016, um, but I I had a wonderful experience watching <laughs> watching a show while eating shawarma, um, which was uh, or falafel, uh, which was actually like in itself a really a really unique experience, right? Because we have all this all these assumptions of of how you are supposed to behave and uh, when you go watch theater, and it it just felt Shakespeare in the Park and and what the fools were doing just felt really refreshing as someone who had who had studied theater and and um and at the time was was trying to commit uh my life to the to the pursuit of that of that art form 
um, I, I just felt like here's something that that um, is very relaxed, is um, is is accessible, and that and that anyone uh, can kind of can kind of come and experience. Accessibility to theater is often a problem due to financial, class, or location barriers. Many people just don't get to see live performances enough for much of their life. Many of these barriers are totally unnecessary. Putting theater on this pedestal keeps the live theater experience away from many people who could benefit from it. Nicholas grew up in a town where he wasn't able to see live theater often, and he explains the impact this had on him, and why he was so delighted to find Shakespeare in the Park when he came to Ottawa. I was raised in a, uh, a, a very small rural town and, uh, and didn't have access to professional theater growing up other than maybe a, a trip to the Stratford Festival with my school uh, when I was lucky every couple of years. And so when I, I moved to Ottawa and I found this Shakespeare in the Park theater company that was um, taking really high quality professional theater outside and bringing it to, to all kinds of of neighborhoods so that people, regardless of where you live, regardless of, of what your income was, you could go see professional theater. Um, that really, uh, that really meant a lot to me. And, and uh, just, just from my, my experience growing up, I, I sometimes think about my, um, my family growing up in, in, uh, in, in rural parts of Ontario and um, just how, how the, the perception of theater can be quite um, uninviting. And, and I don't think theater, a lot of theater intends to be uninviting, but, um, you know, I have a, a, a really um, strong memory of being in grade seven and my teacher talking to all of us and saying, you know, we're going to go to Stratford tomorrow and you have to wear a collared shirt and you have to wear, you can't wear your hat. Uh, and, you know, you have to wear nice shoes. And it was really kind of this like, um, jarring experience right in terms of um i mean it's it's, it's one thing to be, be told to dress up but but it but it became um apparent that there was this kind of class um assumption of us of us going into the theater right that, that we had to look and act a certain way and so when i when i first linked up with the fools um i i just found that 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 the experience of, of watching a Fools show kind of blew all that out of the water one of my main questions going into this episode was, well, why Shakespeare? I mean, obviously he's like one of the greatest playwrights of all time, but if you have to change the script so heavily in order for modern audiences to understand the play, why not just do a modern work and skip all this adaptation stuff? Why, why Shakespeare? And that's a really, really important, yeah, that's a really, really important question um, to ask. And it's one that I ask myself every day. Um, I believe that um, the stories that Shakespeare wrote were relevant to the audience he was talking to 450 years ago. And they're relevant today because they encapsulate situations um, that, that were happening while Shakespeare was writing, were happening before Shakespeare was writing, were happening all the way up until today, and, and I think will continue to happen. So, you know, when I when I look at Romeo and Juliet, it's a story of young people questioning the status quo. Well, that happened before Shakespeare. That happened, you know, during the 15th century, and, and that's still happening today. Um, so that's why um, that's why we do classical theater today. 
um, is because it, as, as artists, it allows us to draw a line through history and say, um, look at this situation that was happening and look at how it's still happening today. And how can we, how can what was happening inform our situation today? How can looking back to the past inform where we go today? And how can we actually use this piece of writing that was written a long time ago encapsulating that situation to reimagine the future? Um, when I was adapting Romeo and Juliet, I sat down and, and I, as I read the play and reread the play and reread the play, I, I said to myself, you know, this for me, this is what's accept what is the reason we should revisit this story 450 years later is because it's a story about adolescent freedom and of, of young people challenging the status quo within a world that was, um, that is, that is within a world where it's very dangerous to do that. Right. Um, and so I, I really started to think, well, what, uh, what makes me think of, of adolescence? What makes me think of teenage angst? What makes me think of, of that point in my life? And, and the answer was, uh, carnivals. Um, and so we, we, um, we imposed a kind of, I worked with the designers to impose a, a carnivalistic, um, I guess aesthetic on top of the show, and and that alone I think helped a lot of people um, connect with the characters and, and connect with the story in a new way compared to um, doing it in in puppy pants and pantaloons where it where it all feels very removed and foreign. Of course, the festival isn't happening this year due to COVID, but the fools are still working on preparing an adapted version of The Tempest for next year. What kind of modern spin have they decided to go with this time? I'll start by saying we've, we've hired a, a very talented director, um, uh, Ray Hogg, who was the former artistic director of um, of Rainbow Stage in in Winnipeg, which is the biggest outdoor theater in the, in the country. So, um, but he's his background actually is in Shakespeare's musical theater, and so we um, one of the things were and this is I, I guess a, a reveal a CHUO exclusive. Um, we uh, what we were exploring doing this year was uh, working with a community chorus of, uh, of young uh, uh, dancers um, who would play the many um, uh, spirits and, um, and mystical kind of uh, creatures that, uh, that are in the Tempest. Uh, so, so we were looking at, uh, at a partnership with a local dance school and we were going to have a team of, uh, of six dancers all under the age of, I can't remember, I think between the ages of, of eight and 12, who were, who were going to be at every show, and that was going to be quite magical. Um, the Tempest is, is full of magic, um, so in terms of the, the kind of, of stagecraft you can do, it's, it's quite exciting. And Ray was looking at, um, uh, Ray, who's the, the director, is, was trained in a, in a modern style of dance that's, that's from, um, uh, based on the teachings of an American choreographer named Martha Graham, where she uses a lot of very large pieces of fabric so, so we were looking at using very large pieces of fabric to um, create the, the storms and the, the, uh, and the magic that happened in that play. And, and uh, Ray was also interested in, in really looking at the colonial roots of that play um, by working with, um, with some indigenous actors in the role of, of Ariel and Caliban um, and, and really talking back to some of the, the really 
I think problematic stuff that is that is in the Tempest um, in terms of the the treatment of the island indigenous characters. The process of taking a 400-year-old play and making it accessible to a modern audience certainly presents some unique creative challenges, but the fools are up to it, and they believe it's worth it to give people the experience of seeing, engaging with, and really understanding a Shakespeare play. So why is this all so important, and what's the result of all this hard work? What happens when you take something so widely regarded as a boring or highbrow event and make it accessible to anyone? Sam Woods, the marketing and communications assistant at Company of Fools, explains how theater has impacted him over the course of his lifetime, and why he feels the experience of live theater is so unique and special. I remember that I would see a bunch of productions in high school, and I was always just so impressed with how professional they were, while at the same time being very, like, accessible to people. You know, like, I did know some of the Shakespeare plays before seeing them, but I could really tell how important it was to the company that it was kind of like accessible to people from all ages and people who have a variety of exposure to theater. So yeah, my first impression of that was just like, that. wow, this seems like a really cool group of fools. Theater's been in my life since I was a kid and I've only kind of gotten more and more involved as I've gotten older. And it's it's so, uh, I, it's, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but talking about all of this during Corona or COVID when we can't meet physically, because that's really been the, uh, the aspect of live theater that's really informed so much of my life is just the importance of being in the room with people and like sharing communal experiences, not, and again, this is so ironic, but like not behind our phones or on computers, but actually like being in a space together and doing something. I think also working on theater more than seeing it has kind of given me that uh, experience and that kind of like, that has shaped the way I like to work in most areas of my life is just like this idea of all a group of people coming together to work on something kind of like tangibly together. I think the best takeaway, and I think the takeaway a lot of people do have is just, oh, this isn't some like highbrow, even if it's Shakespeare, it's not this inaccessible intellectual artsy fartsy like thing like this is something for everybody to enjoy because my favorite thing about theater in general is just having that kind of like communal experience with a group of people sort of like seeing a movie where you all are in the same space but then it's even a step further because the actors are with you too so i just think yeah i guess kind of irregardless of what your exposure to theater was before seeing a company of fool show i think the big takeaway that i would love for people to feel is just like oh theater is for me you know, like I could be six, I could be 60, I could be a theater student, I could be an engineering student, and like theater is for me, for the people. Giving people opportunities to connect and experience new things is one of the best gifts you can give your community. Everyone deserves to have new, fun, and interesting experiences, and Shakespeare in the Park takes some of the least accessible events and makes them easy for anyone to attend and have a blast. Theater can be fancy and big budget, but it certainly doesn't need to be. Shakespeare can be long and confusing and hard to understand, but that can be changed so that more people can experience it. And so can many other things. That's why Shakespeare in the Park is so important. They don't take plays or art forms that are easy for people to access and perform them as is. They choose art which is infamously inaccessible and help a wider audience to understand it. Shakespeare in the Park doesn't just provide an accessible show. 
They create an accessible show by breaking down existing barriers and working to make something that's fun for everyone. Access means connection, especially with an art form like theater. When people are able to come together and experience something together, connections are made between audiences and actors, and even just between members of the audience. Accessibility also means more diverse, interesting, and boundary-crossing connections. The more accessible an event is, the more diverse an audience will be, the more connections that can be made between people that otherwise would never have crossed paths. Through more accessible spaces, we can share our experiences with one another and learn a little more about people who are different than us. This year is the 30th anniversary of the Shakespeare in the Park Festival, and since they can't celebrate in person, they're asking fans of the festival for some help. If you love Shakespeare in the Park, whether you're new to the festival or have been attending since the beginning, Company of Fools is asking for you to share some memories with them in celebration. Any format is acceptable. Pictures, videos, stories, whatever you want to share is welcome. Send your memories to the Company of Fools email, info at fools.ca, to help celebrate the 30th anniversary of this amazing event. Make sure to also check out the Fools on social media, at Fools Ottawa on all platforms. They're posting updates about next year's festival, other events, and some of those memories patrons have shared. Don't miss out! Shakespeare in the Park has changed the way many people view live theatre and Shakespeare, both in terms of their preconceived notions and, quite literally, how they watch a performance. Stay with us as we explore the ways in which other festivals are innovating, risk-taking, and creating meaningful change during this crazy time. Don't miss the next episode of Festivals 101, when we'll be interviewing some amazing women from Ottawa's Uproar Festival on why the festival got started, how they've experienced gender discrimination in the arts, and how uproar has been received in the community. This is Lizay, signing off for now. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time.